Hi, it's Casey. Thanks for shining on today. You could be on your way to finding a new boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife. You never know. We're going to talk about two separate topics today. One is dating and the other is lying. Well, at least I hope they are two separate topics for you. Izzy Martine from ComingTogetherNY.com is here. He's got dating advice and a free coaching session to give away. That's coming up. But first, we start with New York Times bestselling author Yudijit Budakari, who wrote The Spy Who Couldn't Spell, a thriller about big, big lies. Yudijit is also the author of the recent National Geographic cover story, why We Lie. You can read the whole thing at natgeo.com. But the weirdest thing happened. Yudigit and I had a phone meeting set up, and I got sidetracked with another interview, and I was late getting to Yudigit's call. I was very late. And you know what? My first thought for a nanosecond was, what excuse am I going to tell him? But then I thought, just tell the truth, you idiot. Of course. So Yudigit, for the briefest moment... I considered lying to the guy who's doing the interview about lying. Well, that's uh, that's indeed our our first reflex. Uh, you know, we don't want to admit that we uh, we broke a promise, uh, which is kind of what you did. But you had a reason for doing it, and by explaining that reason to me, you in fact you know liberate both of us and 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 sort of make this awkward moment go away. Uh, so obviously, there's a there's an advantage to. Tell the truth in this instance, uh, but we often do things that are so wrong. I mean, this was nothing. Uh, you know, you were busy with a different interview, and so you couldn't call me right then, and you called me later. Big deal. Um, but you know, we we make we make bigger errors than that that we want to cover up because it's too embarrassing to admit our mistake, and that's one circumstance in which we lie. Yeah. So, so is it part of our human nature then? Uh, it is. Uh, you know, there there have been studies showing that uh, all of us lie. Um, you know, we we tell small lies uh, quite often. Um, you know, polite lies like you know, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Or, oh, I'm you know, I'm not I'm not feeling quite well today, so I won't come into work. Uh, and we also tell bigger lies. Um, you know, we lie on our taxes from time to time. Uh, we, you know, we, we tell um, tell lies to our spouses, to our children. Uh, we tell lies to our best friends, um, uh, you know, because we don't want to come across as jealous, maybe, about something great that happened in their lives. Uh, so it turns out, uh, according to these studies, that lying is a fairly common behavior. Uh, the second thing we know is that children learn to lie um, at, a, at a fairly early age, you know, between four and five years, um, and, and they, they become pretty skilled at lying by the time they become adolescents. Um, so from all of the research, uh, it's pretty clear that lying is a part of our human fabric. Right, a part of our human fabric. And I guess we do it to exert control. We want our version of the truth. We want to bend the universe. That's exactly right. I mean, think about it. You know, uh, somebody, uh, a retired FBI agent explained this to me recently. You know, when we think about crimes that are violent, where uh, a person needs to overpower another person in order to steal their money or commit some other kind of violation, um, I mean, that, there's a lot more risk 
involved in that, a lot more energy, physical energy expended in that. Uh, but think about a con man uh, who can, you know, who can basically manipulate the other person simply by making them believe uh, a certain version of events or um, a certain set of facts that may or may not be true. And, and, and that manipulation is a form of exerting power. So lying, uh, even children sort of discover this, is a way of making other people behave in, in ways that you want them to behave. Uh, it's, it's a way of exercising power. Yeah, but it never works. Well, it only works for a little while. Uh, yes, it works for a little while, and and invariably, you know, the costs of lying are, are always uh, bigger than the benefits of lying, which is why, um, you know, which is why, for the most part, even though lying is fairly common, we mostly don't lie. I mean, in the in the larger universe of, of social interactions, uh, you know, we we don't tell so many lies. I mean, we, we have the opportunity to lie every single minute if we wanted to. We have the language. We have, you know, but we, but we know that that would undermine trust uh, to the extent that our reputations would be completely shot. Uh, you know, we'd get found out so quickly that nobody would believe a word of, of uh, what we're saying. Uh, so, so it does sort of keep us from lying all the time. And this is, you know, this is something that a researcher named Dan Ariely at Duke University discovered. At first he discovered how common lying was, just as other researchers had. Uh, and then he, he was surprised uh, that people weren't cheating or lying all the time. Right. And, the re- and the reason is that we have sort of a social consensus uh, that, you know, by and large, you are supposed to, to tell the truth. Right. So a little bit of lying is, I guess, uh, accepted. Why we lie, the science behind our deceptive ways, that is the cover story for National Geographic. And our guest is Judigit Bhattacharji. Beautiful name. All right. Uh, where can we find out more? Where can we find this article online? I'm sure we could, right? Yeah, so you can you can read it at natgeo.com forward slash why we lie, one word. You could also check out my book, by the way. I wanted to, to mention that I, I wrote about a grander kind of deception last year in a book called A Spy Who Couldn't Spell. Uh, it's, a, it's a story of an espionage case from nearly 20 years ago, which is also about lying, but of a specific kind of lying um, involved in treason. The spy who couldn't spell. So you have yeah. been on a, uh, a bit of a tour for National yes. Geographic talking about this particular uh, subject matter, and I wanted to be the first one to discuss lying with you and not mention the president. How'd I do? <laughs> You did great. Uh, let people take away what they what they will. They've got President uh, Trump on their minds. I'm sure they will find uh, some things in our conversation that apply. And if they don't, well, so be it. Thank I, you so much. I yeah, am go delighted ahead. to meet you, and this is great. And thank you for all you do, and have a wonderful day. And I'm sorry I was late. No problem. You digit Budakari, New York Times bestselling author. He wrote The Spy Who Couldn't Spell. And the National Geographic cover story, Why We Lie. Find it at NatGeo.com. We'll tell more truth and get great dating advice from Izzy Martine of ComingTogetherNY.com. Hi, it's Casey. And here's the thought. If you want to get back in the dating scene, let an expert help you. 
Don't call your girlfriends or buddies or agonize over what to put on your profile or what pictures to use online. And don't stress about first date dinner conversation. Coach Izzy Martine of ComingTogetherNY.com is here to serve you in Westchester and the Hudson Valley and beyond. He's real and he's warm. And who does he want to help? Everyone. However, it's basically for the 40 to 65-year-old men and women who are new on the dating scene and find themselves single after being divorced, married, widow, whatever you have, whatever have you. So that is my target audience. All right. Now, I guess what you offer is a little bit different than just going, you know, online to all of these online sites. Yours is a more personal approach, yes? Yes, it is. And what I do is, unlike just the going on to the uh, online dating services, I put a personal element to it because currently at this day and age, a lot of us folks our age who are currently on the dating scene haven't been on the dating scene and aren't familiar with the format and the type of sites to go to and, you know, is it safe to go on online dating? And what I tell them, it is safe to go on online online dating. I mean, it's a great resource to go to to meet men and women, and, and it, I encourage it very much. So, um, yeah, and this is what I help them with, with their profiles, their photos, and try to help them with their confidence and things of that nature. This is so, so yeah. great. Um, I was watching, what was I watching? Watching. Oh, The Affair on Showtime. And um, the the wife on The Affair, she was divorced, and she wanted to get back into the dating scene. And, you know, this is, of course, in the script. But she went on Tinder, not realizing uh-huh. what kind of a site Tinder was, which is right. more of a hookup site for young people, right? <laughs> yes, it is, actually. Um, basically, what I, what I tell clients is to go to the more uh, well-known sites um, that way, and, and typically go to a site where you have to pay, because when you go to a site that that it's free for everyone, you tend to get a lot more traffic from people that you probably don't want contacting you. That's not to say that on the paid sites you don't get that either, but it's a it's a better it's a better way to meet a better quality type of person. So um, yeah, I do encourage that. Yeah. So what you do is help the newly single or you know the folks who are older and single to understand the landscape of the dating world. That is correct. Um, I'm sure you know they've been out of touch for a while and not not to know what ex- what's expected. And, and a lot of a lot of the men and women who go on there don't have the confidence or the self esteem as well because they've been in long term relationships and then settled. And, and maybe some of those relationships have been dis- destructive. And so you know I try to see where they're at, where their confidence level is, their self esteem. What do they need help with? What is they're trying? What are their goals that they're trying to achieve? You know yeah. and Typically, uh, folks our age, you know, we're looking to have a long-term relationship for the most part. So a key thing that I tell clients, you know, when you meet someone, go on a date, get to know them. Don't be afraid to ask questions. However, this is very important. I say have a relationship first and sex should be last, but build that relationship first if, in fact, that's what you truly want. Right. So those are uh, those are a lot of key points that I uh that I tell the clients. And also, again, don't be afraid to ask questions because if you don't ask, you won't know. Yeah. And we're afraid to ask questions on first dates because it's like we're on audition and we don't want to blow the audition. Well, typically, 
basically, I look at it like this. I always tell my female clients, my women clients, don't go chasing after the guys because I'm a bit old school and I believe in chivalry, you know. Let them come to you. Now, if you like a gentleman and you want to subtly say something to him, you can comment on a photo or or something like or just keep looking at his profile and eventually he'll get the point that wow you know she may be interested in me but let them come to you so when you do go on in a date it's more on the gentleman than it is on a woman you know because that's my way of thinking old school way so when you go just be open-minded and and there's a lot of nerves that are going on on first dates and if you see that your your gentleman friend is a little uh uh, uh, sweating there and, and a little uncomfortable, help him out, you know? So just because a guy may not have, uh, maybe nervous and, and may not have what you were looking for on the phone, because when you have those great phone conversations, you can talk all night. When you see in person, that's when someone tends to get a little nervous. If you see that, help him out. So, because you may really like him and you might really enjoy his company and, you know, you don't want a great guy to go by because the first date was kind of sizzled because he was nervous. So right. help and, him. And vice versa, you know. Absolutely. Because women, too, we can act anything but ourselves on a first date. Oh, my God, it's so nerve-wracking. I remember I had one first date once. I got a coughing fit so bad. My nerves were so bad. I had a <laughs> coughing fit in the middle of dinner. I was just like, you know what, I can't, I can't do this. And I left. <laughs> and the guy, yeah, that, what... yeah, the guy, of course, never called me back. You know, because I'm just, I I was not myself. I was not well. Typically in a situation like that, if a guy was to walk away from a date because she had a coughing fit, in my opinion, you know, he may have not have been that interested to begin with. Because if a gentleman is really interested in a woman, she could sneeze all over the place <laughs> or whatever. And that shouldn't make a difference because as people, things tend to happen. So, you know, if a guy walks away from a woman because she had a coughing fit, then he probably wasn't in it to begin with because he knew within the first five minutes that he wasn't. So, right. uh, you know, you you know that feeling when you when you see someone, you know, and and when you go on that date, it's because you had those great conversations, you had the great emails that led up to the conversations that led up to the date. Right. So, Let me ask you this: Say you're on a date; it's a first date. You know, you've you've we've been coached by you, and we're ready for that first date, and we go on that first date. And say it's not there, and you do know within the first five minutes, oh, you know, this guy is or this girl's not for me. What do you do? Do you do you exit quickly or? Do you suffer through the date? No, you, you, you don't exit quickly. I just out of respect because even though you may not be into the date, the other person is into the date. So you have already committed to it. Have a good time. Don't look at it. Well, I'm not going to be with him. He might be a great guy. You just don't match. Your energies are not there. But enjoy the date. Have fun with it. And you have it's a night out where you could be home doing nothing. So enjoy the date. Learn from that dating experience on asking questions. Don't be misleading at the same time, but go on the date. Continue to do it, whether it's 15 minutes, 20 minutes, or a half hour. But continue with the date and learn from that process because dating is a learning process. And every date that you go on, you can take something from it. So um, unless the guy is, is being a jerk or something like that, yeah. Yeah. But aside from that, no, don't walk away from it. Enjoy the day and, and try to make the most of it. So when I decided I was going to get serious and find a relationship, I went at it like kind of like a job. It was like a part-time job. It's like, okay, I am going to look for dates, and I'm going to say yes to every date that comes my way. I'm going to put myself into this dating 
pool and get in the flow of the stream. And you really, I, you know, every time I left the house, I said, this isn't the most comfortable feeling, but it's going to help me get ultimately the relationship I want to get. And it will, because a lot of times when you go on those dates, you're going to learn something. Every guy has a different personality. A lot of guys may have really good intentions, and a lot of guys don't. But you won't know that until you go through the process of hearing it for the first time. If you just decide to go on a date once a month, you're not going to get the full value of it. So I'm not saying, you know, and, and another thing, when you go on a date with these gentlemen, it's always wise for a woman to offer to ask to pay for the tip, uh, to uh, pay half of the bill, the tip, something, whether it's drinks, whether it's dinner, always ask. You know, that's that's the right thing to do, and it puts you in a better position because a lot of times what I find with clients where, you know, if a guy pays for it, then that gives him a, 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 some type of self-entitlement where, you know, maybe he might go in for the kiss at the end of the day because he paid for the for dinner. So as long as you put that out there, you know, you know, that's something that, that, that they can't, well, I pay for dinner. Right, well, you right, know, right. You I, know, owe so. you, I owe you nothing if we split that's the right. bill. That's right. That, that is correct. And I owe you nothing whether, you, whether we don't split the bill either. That is correct. All that right. is correct. We're talking to Izzy Martin from ComingTogetherNY.com. Izzy, let me ask you this. What if the lady says, oh, you know, thanks so much, dinner was great. Can I split the bill? And he says, sure, you owe me forty two fifty. Well, if they, if they were to do that, typically, if a guy asked you out, he should carry the bill, right. you know? But if, if because, again, that's my way of thinking, you know, you got to be a gentleman. Treat a woman like a woman. Be a gentleman, you know? If he asks you out, let him carry the bill. It's okay that you offer, but if he takes, if he takes and splits the check with you, in my opinion, he's not that interested. A oh, man who's yeah. truly interested in a woman, he's going to treat her like a woman, and, and to spend whatever he's going to spend that night would be nothing to him because at the end of the day, he wants that second date. And how do you do that? Take care of the bill. Treat her like a lady. Walk her to her car. If you split the bill, you're going to you're gonna, you're gonna project a certain image about you that may really not be favorable to you. So first date, yeah. take care of that bill. And if a guy said, hey, I really like you and I really, you know, would love to, to treat you to dinner right now, but I'm not in a position to. Like, I think if a guy came clean and he was honest, I'd be okay with that. Well. Maybe. Well, and no, in that situation, if a guy is in that situation, you would have you would have picked that up in the phone call conversation right, that you would have had right, prior right. to the day because when you have a conversation with a gentleman or woman, you kind of touch bases to find out where they're at and, and not that, that, you know, he has to have a big wallet or anything like that, but you want to talk about what they do in their careers and get an idea where this person is right now. You know, uh, it's, you know, a lot of us struggle in our, uh, in our careers and economically. However, you know, if you're not in that condition to go out and take a woman out to a date and... You know, that's not favorable, you know, because at this age of the game, you must bring something to the table. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a big wallet, but if you're in your 40s to 65, by now you should be able to bring something to the table so you can contribute toward the date, so you can have a good time and not go on a date and say, hey, I really like you, like you too, but right now I'm really going through some tough times and, you know, I really can't afford it. So. Uh, that can be a turnoff. Let me get some relationship and dating advice because I have spent countless hours with my girlfriends through my 20s and my 30s and my 40s and beyond. 
you know, you go out on a date with somebody and then you spend hours trying to interpret the messages. Well, he did this, but he didn't open the door, but he did this, but he didn't do that. But da 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 da. What does it mean? What does it mean? I always right. say to the woman, well, why don't you just ask it? That's, that's true, because if you really like a guy, you want to make an impression, you will go home and go over every step of the date and what if, what if. Just be, ask him. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Just be and go with it and always go with your instinct. Always go with your instinct because 99% of the time you're going to be right. So don't overthink it. If you really, really like a guy, it's okay to say that, you know, I had a nice time and but don't, and leave it at that. Let him get back to you. You know, if a day or two goes by, it's okay. Now, if five days go by and you don't hear anything, well, it's probably not favorable for you. Right. As the book and movie said, he's just not that into you. Yeah, that's That is true. All right. Izzy Martinez, our guest. Let's go back to the very beginning, because I probably think now there's a few people who who might be able to say, all right, I think I'm ready to go online and maybe try this dating. Now, before they come to you for a coaching session, what can you tell people about creating their online profile? First, find a reputable online dating service. And also, when you create your profile, First and foremost, have recent pictures. That's very, very important. Have recent photos. And also, when you have the photos, have a headshot without sunglasses and smile. Please smile because that is very engaging and will draw people into you. So you want to have a headshot. You want to have a full body shot as well because you want someone to see what you look like, you know. Um, Just take a nice, discreet, full body shot. And you also want to have some photos where you're dressed nicely and also casual, uh, doing something fun, you know. And the reason why I say that is because when women or men, when they look for a men or women, they don't want to see a man with just from the chest up or just, you know, so put out there what you want to see as well. And also, when you create your profile, it's okay to put the things that you do like and the things that you don't like. What I find most people put on, they love to laugh, they love to travel. Well, everyone likes to laugh and everyone likes to travel. So become a little more specific. I like tennis. I like ballroom dancing. Um, uh, I, I, you know, put your interests and hobbies out there. So when a reader reads your profile, they look at your photo, read your profile. Well, they might have similar interests too. And that can create conversation as opposed to if you keep your profile at a minimum, all he's going to do, or she's going to, hi, I like your profile. There's no substance there. So you want to generate some conversation without putting any personal information. And most importantly, when you take those photos, make sure that there's no personal information in the background, like photos of your family or things things of that nature that can tell more about you than what you're willing to give at this point in time. Right, 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 right. So don't take like a picture outside your office with the sign on the door. Absolutely. And, and most importantly, safety, safety, safety. I mean, have fun. It, it, it's a great uh, resource to use, especially at this day and age, because the probability of people our age finding someone in a club is very minimal we, we don't do that and or finding someone at a wedding or in the grocery store could it happen yeah but the probabilities are very slim so i encourage online dating you have to go through some of the rough spots of it but just stick with it you you will find what you're looking for if you're determined to all and, right uh, when people come to your office for a consultation what's that like when you meet me for the first time, you can, you know, you see what I look like and you hear what I sound like. But when you meet me in person, it's nervous because the most important thing is trust. Do they trust me? So when they come to my office, they've come to the point based on our conversation that they're coming in there and trust me. And they're a little nervous. So what I do... Uh, 
I do a little icebreaker. I create a joke. I I have some things in my office that that will draw their attention, and I'll make comments on them, and, and that'll break the ice because I need them to be relaxed. If they're relaxed and they laugh a little bit and loosen up, they're more willing to open up and tell me why they're there, and they will trust me, and that way I can get into the core of how I can help them best. So have you put together many happy couples? I have. I have. I have a really good track record. And typically my clients come back because I want to hear the progressions on how they're dating or I'll have clients that are going on a date and they'll say, hey, Izzy, uh, look at this profile. What do you think of him? And as my client, I have to protect you. So if I see something in his or her profile that I think is a flag, I, I have to tell you, this is what I see. This is why I see this. All right. So where can people go for more information? ComingTogetherNY.com, or they can reach me at 845-401-1148. That's 845-401-1148. Izzy Martin of ComingTogetherNY.com. He's giving away a free session. Ready to stick your toe back in the dating pool? If you want to win that, contact me from the website, Casey.co. And Izzy's offering 15% off to shine on listeners who want to use his service and if you call him soon. Now, speaking of winning, congratulations to Joe from Newburgh. She won tickets to On Your Feet last week as we're celebrating a little summer fun. This week we have tickets to the Maritime Aquarium at Norwalk. Want to win those? Just send an email from the website Casey, K-A-C-E-Y dot co. And our thought for the day, sweet daters, comes from Rumi. Your task is not to seek for love but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. See you next week. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show with Casey, an Ella's Leash production. The content of Shine On, the health and happiness show is intended for general information purposes only. You can listen to previously broadcast shows online at caseyradio.com. Join Casey for another edition of Shine On, the health and happiness show next Sunday morning from 100.7 WHUD.